0: Put your glass on, get your glass
1: on,
0: cause you're a glass
1: boss. Bunhead, ballet dancer, ballerina. No matter what you call them, you're probably envisioning a strict dress code of pink tights, leotards, tutus, point shoes with strict diets and weight requirements. But... Ballet Lounge is a different kind of studio, full of rebel ballerinas with a cause. The cause? To ensure that anyone and everyone gets a chance to dance. You don't need tights or tutus. All you need is the will to dance. Led with love by owner and founder Miss Susie Q, the Ballet Lounge is more than a dance studio. It's a community. So how did this dance studio win Vancouver's best dance fitness class in 2017? Well, let's find out today on Behind the Gloss, as we get to know the gloss boss behind the ballet lounge.
0: Gloss
1: Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, good as well. Again, thank you so much for meeting with me. I really no appreciate problem. it. Yeah, I guess we can get started. And yeah, can you just please tell us what is the Ballet Lounge and what makes it so different from any other studio?
0: Awesome. Well, the Ballet Lounge is an adult only dance studio that specializes in ballet. We also offer other styles of dance like jazz, lyrical contemporary, and fitness classes which have like a dance focus in it to make it really, really fun. And our whole goal is just to make dance accessible to anybody, regardless of their age, abilities, and all of that. Everyone's welcome.
1: And again, what inspired you to start the Ballet Lounge?
0: Definitely because I found that there wasn't anything in the market currently, even for myself when I grew up dancing and took a break. I couldn't really find a studio that offered a really nice, welcoming and inclusive environment for adult dance. And long story short, I decided to make make it myself.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Good. I know sometimes we have to just (laughs) do
0: it ourselves. Yeah, if you find something missing, make it.
1: <laughs> exactly. And with that being said, where did the name Ballet Lounge come from?
0: This one was actually from one of my clients at the time. Oh my goodness. We were having drinks after one of my classes and I was describing how I've always wanted to have like a really cool studio that kind of had like a nightclub vibe, but I couldn't really figure out what kind of name I can create, which is going to now include dancing and ballet and she literally just said have you thought of the word ballet lounge and it was like that moment going oh my god that's the perfect name and we googled it and it was nowhere to be found so I re- just immediately purchased the domain. name I locked it in on Facebook Instagram and yeah the rest is history
1: oh, wow well yeah I guess thank you to that come on because yeah, yeah, yeah I do love I still name. thank her <laughs> no definitely and then i know you're talking about purchasing the domains and securing all the social media handles was that Uh the first step that you took in starting um your studio
0: definitely in terms of starting the studio for sure before all of that i basically was teaching at many many community centers all across vancouver building up my brand and my client base.
1: Oh wow, and yeah, can we talk about your um, dance background? Like when did you start dancing and did you do all styles of dance as well?
0: Great question. Um, Basically ballet was like my first love. So I started doing that when I was about three years old and I mainly was trained in ballet. I did dabble a little bit in jazz, which I also really enjoy, super fun. I did a little bit of modern and contemporary, but it wasn't exactly my jam. I found it was more of a classical kind of rebel ballerina at heart. (laughs) I tried tap once and had a really hard time stomping my feet on the floor. (laughs) So that didn't last very long. So fitness came into my life when I was in university. I was in my ballet degree program. And, you know, when you, you get at that level, it's a pretty intense and competitive environment. And you're always striving for... The ballet perfection, which is, you know, being very, very lean and strong. So I actually started going to the gym to keep up the demands of my art. When I end up quitting dancing, which is a whole other story, I pursued fitness and became a personal trainer and a group fitness specialist. And I just love helping other people feel good about themselves after kind of going through that whole experience myself of always feeling defeated and not being good enough, no matter how hard you try. And when I created Ballet Fit, which is my trademark, um, it was a chance for me to put all those elements together, my passion for dance, my passion for fitness, and also really good music.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, would you mind going into why you quit dance?
0: Yeah, well, I guess, you know, little bit kind of touching into how intense it got (laughs) it no longer became fun anymore um when you get at these elite levels it doesn't matter if it's just dance it could be you know any kind of sport or activity you're you're training like hours each day and as i mentioned before the the perfectionist level for ballet is really, really hard to maintain or achieve. And you just get to the point where you get defeated because no matter how hard you work, maybe you're not skinny enough or maybe you are getting skinny, but then, you know, your technique is not where they want to be compared to the girl beside you or, you know, the teachers are always just demanding more and more from you, even though you're working as hard as you can. And the environment is very competitive and kind of, you know, catty in a way, right? So it just got to the point, as I say, long story short, it wasn't fun anymore. And it was a really, really hard decision to make. Um, When I broke up with my first love, I was definitely, it was very like a hard time for me. And I actually never thought I was gonna dance ever again, to be honest. And it wasn't until about 10 years later (laughs) where I rekindled my, my love for dance and made it to what it is now.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, yeah, I'm glad that you're dancing in on your own terms and you're enjoying it again. And you already mentioned ballet fit. Can you tell everyone what ballet fit is and how you came about creating that?
0: Yes. So Ballet Fit is an adult ballet class taught to house music. <laughs> Long story short. Um, so we still teach you all the moves. It is not a bar workout in any sense. A lot of people think it is because bar became really popular around the same time <laughs> as I created Ballet Fit. And Ballet Fit kind of just started started out as just like a unique class I was offering on the group fitness schedule because like oh you're a dancer can you offer something different and I first called it dance fusion Mm -hmm. and then once I moved to Vancouver I had that same question going hey what can you offer on the schedule I'm like well I have this ballet class so we named it ballet fit and 50 people showed up to my first class and it was one of those moments where I was like this is what I should be doing. <laughs> it was like all the things just kind of magically came together.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. I can't imagine 50 people, but that's really <laughs> cool because that's just a lot in one space all trying to move.
0: But Yeah. But yeah, no. just showed how much interest there was. I was like, whoa, all these other people also were looking for a similar experience.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's so amazing. And again, that kind of was probably the precursor to how successful the ballet lounge would be and of course like you can't reach success without going through a few hurdles um yeah yeah what like (laughs) hurdles have you faced when opening the ballet lounge
0: so i feel like i'm constantly hitting hurdles (laughs) for sure um the first hurdle was when we were building the ballet lounge was um my contractors at the time they took me for a ride and they overcharged me $40,000. They said they were going to take six weeks. They took three months. Um, so I was already starting the business in a deficit in terms of, Um, cash flow I had to get another loan out halfway through the first year just to pay my bills and because of all the delays of opening the studio I was actually really behind on rent because my landlord who's very kind told me not to pay him until I was making money but then at that point I was now behind by several months and as you imagine the rent in Vancouver is high <laughs> so it was really hard to catch up on rent so I would say that was the first challenge and then just really trying to like catch up for the first year or two was the was really like a big struggle and once you kind of got that all sorted out then you would get an instructor that kind of just you know tries to steal all your clients and that was a really tough <laughs> tough situation because when that happened we lost a lot of clients and then we were starting to rebuild the business again and then the pandemic came <laughs> oh my and then after the pandemic was kind of on its tail end our studio got flooded by the neighboring unit. So we had to completely fully renovate our studio. <laughs> and now it's a year later from renovation. So we're, you know, rebuilding still. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I mean,
1: again, we're still standing, you know. So. We are
0: still standing.
1: <laughs> yeah, we celebrate the small wins, but that's insane. And yeah, that's just kind of part of it. It's like you're unlucky, but going back to... The people that overcharged you and took so long, like, do you think, like, why did they do that? Do you think it'd be easier if you were a man? Like maybe they, I don't know, would have taken you more
0: seriously? 100%. I think that if they were dealing with a man, especially just like the way they treated me, um, I think they wouldn't have like taken advantage of me. My husband even apologized afterwards because he was trying really hard to let me just do it my own because he knows I'm an independent woman, but he kind of feels now remorseful saying, you know, if I was there more and had a presence, they probably wouldn't have, you know, dicked me around as as they did.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry you had to go through that.
0: Uh, hard lessons, right? But the next time I renovate, the next time I do anything... You know, now I know how I'll move forward. I won't be so nice. I'm going to lay down the law and kind of set some really high expectations and all that instead of saying thank you, thank you, just because I was so excited, right? It was like finally Mm. building my dream studio and now it's going to just be more of a a hard ass, I guess, which (laughs) sucks because that's not my personality.
1: (laughs) And I mean, obviously you are just a nice person naturally, but even in business, do you feel like you have to be nice, I don't know, because you're a woman or something, or, like, why, like, are you intimidated or afraid of being labeled intimidating or bossy when you're in business dealing with men?
0: Well, luckily, I don't deal with too much men in yeah. my, my line of work, which is good, but I do in some situations. Like, we had some issues with our strata, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I felt like, you know, being a female they kind of almost like overlook you or don't take you as seriously when you have legit concerns about something that's going on. Um, And yeah, I'm I'm more of just a people pleaser. So I think I'm always worried about, you know, making people upset, because I want everyone to, you know, like me and like the business and always have a wonderful experience. I always kind of not like really be a doormat but I definitely do bend over backwards to get taken advantage of easily and that's why I'm so happy to have certain staff who are there to um, have my back and lay down the studio policies and laws so that we are not being taken advantage of (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm. no that's good and yeah I think it's nice to build your team and I imagine like the good cop bad cop it's also a good tactic to have (laughs) yeah, that's insane and I think you're kind of already touching on it, but what kind of boss are you? How would you describe um, yourself as a boss?
0: This has been something I've been developing on over the last seven years since opening the business. At first, I was kind of, you know, as I say, more of a people pleaser, wasn't really sure how to give feedback because I didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings. I do think now as I'm growing into my role, as you can see, um, because you work for me, (laughs) trying to, you know, give support, um, really just want to build up everybody and their skills and in their passions. I try not to micromanage, but, you know, try to give help and look over where it's needed and provide that feedback so everyone can be the best they can be.
1: And again, personally for me, I think it's working, like even... You know from when i started working it was a lot to take on but yeah again, yeah with um everyone really how you guys are patient with us and yeah just let us try i remember you saying to me like there's no mistake that i can make that can't be fixed because again exactly I tend to <laughs> overthink things but knowing <laughs> that is like okay i'll take the initiative a bit more so yeah, yeah just, and you know, oh, oh go Oh ahead. yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say, just thank you for being so nice and kind to me and a great boss.
0: Oh, you're so sweet. I'm. I was just gonna say, like you know, we know that there is a lot of work that needs to be done, and being a small business, we don't have the the capability to have the full-time team that we used to have before the pandemic. You know, you guys are doing such a great job. You've only been working for us for about a quarter (laughs) of, you know, of the year, fiscal year, which um, shows how much you guys have grown and all that. So we appreciate you guys a lot.
1: (laughs) Oh, and again, thank you. Because, like, you're kind, you're great. You, I wouldn't say, like, micromanage in a bad way, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, you need Mm -hmm. to look over us to make sure we're doing things. And again, I like that to make sure that I'm doing everything right. But saying yeah. all that to say, it sounds like you were always meant to be a boss. Do you think oh. that um, it was destined for you or is this something you kind of fell into?
0: I'm not sure if I was ever destined to be a complete boss. I mean, I always knew I wanted to have my own business and I've, I've been a solopreneur for many, many years before opening up the Ballet Lounge. So if you think that it was something I was destined in, thank you. <laughs> I definitely think it's been a work in progress for myself as well. <laughs>
1: oh well, Yeah, Yeah,
0: but I definitely know, I've just definitely wanted to have my own business, whatever it was gonna be.
1: <laughs> oh. Well, again, I love that you decided to open up a dance studio, cause yeah, I love dancing. And even speaking of loving dance, can I ask, you know, why do you dance? Why do you love it so much?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I mean, when I dance, I guess when you're born a dancer, it's just a part of you. But one of the things I love most about dancing is that, you know, freedom of creative expression. When I just put on a nice piece of music and it could be any kind of music, right? It can really play with your emotions and you can let it out in any way and you can get lost in the art and in the movement. I just love, you know, playing music really, really loud and no one's in the studio and just kind of going nuts. (laughs) (laughs) But I also love, you know, um, sharing, sharing the magic of dance, especially with our clients who are complete beginners. They've never danced before and watching them evolve and falling in love with the art and becoming, you know, like so, so into it and progressing through like all their dreams and goals. It's such a beautiful feeling.
1: For them, thank you for allowing all of us to dance. Because, like you were saying earlier, with ballet, sometimes they might say that you're not the right size, or even people think that they can't dance. And you uh-huh. know, you're just giving them that opportunity to be able to dance. So, exactly, yeah.
0: dance is for everybody, you know. And those those crazy, crazy limits that these that society has made on women, even in the dance industry or just in general is just so so hurtful and I just want everyone to know that it doesn't matter what shape or size you are right the body is made to move and everyone should enjoy the awesome feelings that you get when you're dancing
1: yeah and I love that like for me personally I like when I dance I don't feel judged which is kind of weird because I do think people might, might be judging you when you're dancing and especially in ballet but yeah like you said when the music's so loud I'm just moving freely so yes yeah and again you worked so hard to build this studio for us to have this space where we could be comfortable in what does a day in the life look like for you
0: (laughs) well not every day is the same for sure but in a general sense um if I'm not rushing to the studio early in the morning, I am getting up and powering through a bunch of emails or tasks that need to get done before I make my way to the studio. Um, usually, I'll have a meeting at some sort with either a team member or management to make a plan for what's going on next. Then there'll probably be a private excuse me, a private lesson in there, if not two, and then I'll be probably teaching for a few hours. Minimum three classes a shift, but sometimes there's definitely more. (laughs) But I'll be working usually on average 10 to 12 hours a day for sure when I am working, if not sometimes a little bit more depending on what's going on. If there's just more things going on, which is quite often, then there's a lot of behind the scenes that happen. Especially when I'm in meetings and teaching, I can't—I don't have time to do all the the behind the scenes, which is the marketing, the um, the planning, all of that stuff that goes into running a business. When you think you're just going to dance all day, but there's so much more. And working with clients, it definitely doesn't feel like work. It's the main reason why I do what I do, but. When it comes to, you know, answering a hundred emails and looking at spreadsheets and (laughs) all those behind the scenes things that definitely can feel like work sometimes. I always joke that, you know, when I was going to open up a dance studio, my whole mind process was I'm just going to teach dance all day. and It's going to be so fun. But then there's all this other stuff that definitely takes up almost more of my time
1: (laughs) oh my gosh I can only imagine (laughs) again thank you because another thing I admire so much about you is that you do everything like positively and with a smile and that's something that I'm definitely trying to do for myself because I have some days (laughs) where it's like oh I just want to go home so like how do you um always stay positive
0: Well, I think because I'm kind of, you know, doing what I've always wanted to do. It is my dream. And, you know, thinking if I could be doing anything else, I wouldn't be happy. And I haven't been happy in the past doing other things. So, you know, as stressful as some days can get, I just always go back to like, nope, this is what I wanted. And this is the dream. And Yeah, that's kind of how it goes for sure. But yeah, sometimes you have to just, you know, listen to your body too. And you got to like take a little break if you're feeling um, exhausted or overwhelmed. And as you know, I'm trying really hard to create a work-life balance, which is really hard when you're an entrepreneur, but just going, you know what? Sundays, I'm doing nothing so that I can come back on Monday and then tackle with a fresh fresh mindset <laughs>
1: do you think you're maybe too hard on yourself
0: I mean I am a perfectionist <laughs> but you know is from from all those years of ballet training I think there's always ways to improve um but yeah I don't know I guess it depends on the day
1: <laughs> oh yeah and again everyone struggles with it so you're not alone yeah at all and I mean with that being said how do you have that work-life balance so yeah
0: um, work-life balance is definitely one of the biggest struggles I have Um, I'm really really trying really hard right now to make an effort to have a work-life balance my my kind of my rule is you know Sundays I don't do anything unless I'm coming in for a private lesson I'm trying not to do like a lot of work on my computer after a certain hour of the day and try to spend more time with my, my husband and my dog and trying to carve out time for my friends because, you know, it's been it's been a lot and I tend to work to the point where I do get burnt out and I continuously suffer from entrepreneurial burnout and so it's something I'm really trying to manage and work towards. <laughs> oh, goodness.
1: And, I mean, does your husband help? Because you are saying he'll kind of say you work too hard so does that put things in perspective or is that like I don't know like oh goodness I feel guilty for working because I'm neglecting my partner
0: yeah there's definitely a lot of that and sometimes I even then just kind of rebuttal back to him that my that my work takes up a lot more time because there is so much more that goes to my work than what he does because I mean he just paints paintings he's a visual artist he doesn't have to worry about all the extra stuff that happens in the back end he has a gallery he does who does all his sales for him and he doesn't have staff and <laughs> all of that but I'm definitely trying to yeah, spend more time with him and focus on a relationship because that's the last thing you want is you know your Your relationships to suffer because you are just focusing um, so much on your business. And he always says his quote is, you know, your your job will never love you back. (laughs) Yeah, you know, but that's like some saying that he always says that he's heard, you know, that's not a direct quote from him, but from what he's heard from other people. So yeah, focusing the time on your relationships are so important. And, yeah.
1: yeah, and I imagine it's so difficult, but I mean, I see him coming to the events at the ballet lounge, and he looks like he's having fun. So it's like, hey, if you want to oh, yeah, keep no.
0: coming, you know, I gotta work hard. Yeah, exactly. My thing is, sometimes he comes too because he knows that's how he's gonna be able to spend time with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, poor guy. Poor guy, but.
1: I mean, you make it work. And like you said, hopefully in the future, you'll be able to kind of be more hands off. Although I feel like you're more of a type A person. Do you think you'll ever be fully hands on or hands off?
0: Yeah, I don't think I'll ever be fully hands-off. I am a control freak and a perfectionist, and I'm trying really hard not to be like a micromanaging type boss. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, so I think, you know, as we keep growing, as I say, it'll be just, you know, just, you know, not as intensive and hopefully not working 18 hours a day, you know. It'd be nice to work just eight hours a day. That's That's a nice goal I like to work towards.
1: Well, everything that you were saying, like being type A and hands-on and micromanaging, I feel like that's kind of like qualities of a good boss. Like, what do you think uh, makes a good boss?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's pros and cons about micromanaging. Like, I personally never like to be micromanaged from my bosses. Um, So I want to, you know, be at the point where I can – lead my team or my staff to be the best they can be but obviously when there needs to be training that's that's just part of the growth process but you know once they're trained let them do their thing that they're good at and kind of like not be soldiers I guess I say not hovering but checking in you know, or just, you know, checking the work periodically, but not always checking. Right now, as you know, we're really just working very hands-on with the entire team. I'm meeting with every single instructor. We're meeting with marketing. We're meeting with every front desk girl. We're trying to refine everyone's sales so that we can all just be the best we can be and reach our goals. (laughs) But, you know, hopefully that's something I won't have to do all the time. I'll just be checking in quarterly instead of, you know, weekly and all of that kind of stuff (laughs) as we progress. I think, um, you know, being respectful and honest, um, definitely like in a leadership way where you can inspire others to be their best selves, but also care about the company and like the goals that they're working towards are really, really important. I really believe in relationships, as you know, and trying to create the relationships that will then again, give you the return where they do care as well about, what they're working towards and all of that
1: <laughs> yeah I mean again from my perspective I think you're doing it so yeah you know, okay good it's there's hope but who inspired you was there a boss that you had that you were like okay I want to be like this or even a bad boss that I don't know just any <laughs> stories you want to share
0: yeah definitely I would say 80 percent of my bosses I've want to be opposite of them so that's why I really like just like my experience with you know dance I'm really trying to be the opposite of the experiences that I've had to create such a wonderful positive environment um I used to really dread meetings um and that's why I try to make my meetings you know fun with like you know here's some snacks but you know let's make it kind of like a team building event type thing um instead of just you know oh we're gonna sit here for like three hours and just have a very very boring conversation. But I guess you know that comes with me also not caring about the goals of the of the company at that time because I did not have respect for my boss, who maybe you know was mean or didn't really weren't open to my ideas or you know didn't give me that acknowledgement for the hard work I was putting in. Um, but you know, saying that I've had good bosses too, like just a small handful, where you know they have had those qualities where I do respect them and they're cool, but, you know, enough where you still respect them to do your job well, but they don't completely micromanage you, but they give you the guidance and the feedback you need to move forward and succeed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, I guess we need, like, good and bad bosses because, you know, it it helps us stay well-rounded, I guess, you know what I mean? Yeah you're so nice and so amazing and you have um, like a great goal for your company and for the people within it do you think that your goodness is kind of like karma and like you know you're lucky and good things are happening and everything happens for a reason or again do you kind of feel like you were saying earlier a bit cursed with the niceness that no one takes you seriously
0: Yeah, there's definitely pros and cons on each level. I think because I have created a lot of good relationships, that's why our client loyalty is so high. Like, as you know, we've, like, clients who've been with us since even before we opened up the studio. So I think that is where it has gone well for me, where a lot of people do... um, have strong relationships with me and my staff and all of that. So there is that community support because, you know, our community is very, very strong. So that's where it works well for me. Um, Whereas worked bad in the past would be, for example, like the contractors or the strata where I'm dealing with either, you know, men in a specific situation, you know, I'm sure this could be with females too, but where they've not respected me to the point or where I've been so nice. People have abused, um, my kindness and this is why we have a bunch of policies now in place at the studio for example our summer suspension policy I used to give people suspensions for months and months and months and months and months and it would be almost a year where they've been now suspended and we're not making any money off them but they're taking advantage of my kindness and now it's hurting the business so pros and cons (laughs) to say the least (laughs) for sure I'm not sure If I necessarily have good karma, I feel like I've had a lot of bad luck Um, since I've opened up my business. And I'm not sure if it's a karma thing or just, you know, what happens to a lot of small businesses. But I guess I'm lucky that I'm still standing. (laughs) But right now, I feel like, yeah, it's been. I'm just, I'm just like, you know, I'm at the point where I'm just done with all the like, really, really, really hard challenges and the struggle that we've endured over the last many years. And I'm just so ready to now take that next step where we're now just, you know, in a thriving situation, which I know we'll get to, but you know, yeah, it's it, been just a very long journey. <laughs> exactly,
1: And it takes time. As they say, Rome wasn't built in a day. But yeah, yeah I can imagine it's so difficult. And you said how it kind of feels like you're back in year two of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, or Like, which year did you think was your most successful year? Obviously, it was before the pandemic.
0: Yep, yeah, exactly. So in terms of the ballet lounge itself, um, right before the pandemic was our best. So we were technically going into year three of having the business open and we were actually starting to make a profit and For those who are still learning about small business usually it takes three to five years to make profit in your business so that's why a lot of businesses fail and Mm -hmm. so we were finally at that point where we were actually like way above our targets we were now in the green um starting to pay off a lot of debt and i was really looking forward to 2020 we were literally you know gearing up to um start planning for our second location because we were already getting at such high capacity we had like five classes running a night with five minute breaks between each class we were like literally like 20 plus people per class like it was like wild how busy we were we had so many instructors and the pandemic hit and it really derailed all the progress (laughs) so so when you look at the even just looking at the schedule and our financials that's why they really match up to year two Mm. and so there's so much room for capacity and growth still at the studio which is the positive there's lots of room and opportunity but that's kind of yeah the long Mm. story short of where Mm. we were
1: (laughs) Yeah, but in year three, because you were talking before about hopefully in the future, you um, won't have to be working as much in that year three. Were you still working this hard?
0: Or were you able to relax a bit more? <laughs> um, I guess it was different stress and different mm-hmm. work <laughs> that I was doing, for sure. Um, I was not teaching nearly as much on the schedule. So I was able to really focus more on um, how we can grow the business working more, Um, you know, on it than being in it so there was definitely the steps were being taken towards it but I was definitely still working quite a bit
1: <laughs> oh, of course <laughs> so I wasn't quite impressed.
0: I wasn't quite there yet wasn't quite there yet <laughs> yeah, but,
1: and again that's exciting to be talking about a second location and you know I believe speak it into existence it will come to fruition but before mm-hmm. we get there like what do you believe are the keys to success?
0: In keys of success, like in general? Well,
1: yeah, or I guess if you want to be specific to your dance studio. But yeah, because I <laughs> think you're a very successful and accomplished woman. So yeah, what do you think just kind of led you to be who you are today?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. Well, I guess definitely the a lot of words I hear from people about me is perseverance. I definitely persevere through every single challenge that comes at me. (laughs) So, and, you know, it's really easy to, you know, get discouraged and quit through every challenge and it's draining. And, you know, there are moments for, as I mentioned in the past, where I'm like, wow, like, is it worth to still keep doing this? But then there's that passion where you're like, no, like there's nothing else I'd ever want to do. I'd rather be, you know, going through this challenge right now, working towards my dream than, you know, being working for someone else or doing anything else. So definitely the perseverance and the passion of what I'm doing is definitely the way that I'm at, for sure, that keeps me here. Um, And then also, you know, I think the whole idea of building relationships and having a strong community and network of team and clients is a very important way to be successful because that's how you keep growing your business for sure. And I think leading with kindness and love is huge as well, because it's very positive, right? You don't want to be like a scary, for example, scary boss or someone that no one likes working with. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. For sure. But on top of my head, I guess that's what I would say. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Let's talk about <laughs> blessings in disguise, where you thought something wasn't going your way, and then it kind of turned out that it actually worked for your benefit?
0: Oh, that's a good one. Let's see here. Well, I guess, like, if you want to talk about, like, silver linings, like, as much as I hated the pandemic, (laughs) like, it was, like, a nightmare for me. Um, What was really, really, like, a blessed disguise was just seeing how our community did come and pull through together to make us cross over through that, crazy horrible time of everyone's life and you know zoom has been like something that was able to keep us connected through all of that not only just to keep the business alive but to keep our community sane and active and you know we had no way to talk to each other before that so i'm very thankful for technology for that sense um other blessings in disguise man Really, just trying to think of some other blessings in disguise. Oh, to be honest, <laughs> number
1: no one, your location, where you're located, because I love that story. Oh, yes, that's
0: right. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for money that one. So, yeah, the blessing in disguise is, you know, the location that I have was my third choice. I did not want to be on Granville Street. I did not want to be paying that much rent because it's very, very expensive, as you can imagine, in Vancouver, right on downtown, one of the biggest biggest known streets in the city. Um, I once first picked my location on Broadway. It was the most affordable. It already had washrooms and showers in there. So literally I just had to build it out to the way I wanted to look. And they chose um, Oxygen Yoga, which is a franchise because I was too much of a high risk because I wasn't already a franchise. So I was like, okay, scratch that idea. And then I went to another location, which was actually just like almost a block and a half away from the ballet lounge but really kind of more off the beaten path where I thought was pretty cool because I almost had two levels (laughs) and but the dance floor itself was a little bit smaller but I could have had like a really cool like client lounge which would be really cool for ballet lounge where people could hang out and have a change room and all that stuff and the rent was still cheaper but once again, they did not want me because they wanted more like a Starbucks or like a they called it a triple A client, someone who's a big corporation. Because once again, I was too much of a high risk <laughs> per se. But then you know, the last spot hesitantly went to it. And you know what? It did become the best location because being right on Granville Street with those big, big windows, it's been not free marketing, but definitely like a billboard and advertisement in terms of rent because everyone just sees us and I don't have to really pay any money for marketing because I don't have a lot in my budget still. Instead, if I was at any of these other locations, I would have to spend so much money on advertising because no one would know where we were. So that's been like a huge blessing in disguise. Also, my landlord, who is a complete godsend, he has been so patient through this entire journey of mine. And I think any other landlord would have evicted us, especially during the pandemic when we couldn't afford to pay rent on time or anything like that. So, yeah, that was definitely a blessing in disguise. Thanks for reminding that one.
1: (laughs) Of course, because, yeah, I love the story. And then I... I feel like almost every day someone just from outside they'll definitely look in and they seem interested and then the amount of people that just walk in because they happen to be passing by so yeah that's it's just cool and it's fun and then yeah I'm like yeah that's where I dance and just a beautiful studio I love it
0: oh I love it too it's definitely like my happy place for sure and it is pretty cool like you know when I meet people on the street or you know at events and they're like you know I I own the ballet lounge and they're like oh I know where that is (laughs) just because it's so easy to see it on the bus or transit or walking and that's like a really cool feeling
1: (laughs) oh amazing and I also wanted to ask like what is like the most rewarding like feeling or you know do you have a mama I made it moment like with owning the studio because you've been through so much like what makes you happy to see
0: um it's definitely been great for my family to tell me they're proud of me because um a lot of my family you know some were supportive some weren't as supportive and tell me that it's a very bad idea and that you know there's a high risk of failure and, you know, all the things. So going against all odds and now having them say, you know, you did it and we're proud of you is definitely like a very rewarding moment because me being rebellious and stubborn, (laughs) it's (laughs) like, yes, I did do it. I am here. And it's also just so rewarding just, you know, meeting our amazing community. You know, I just thought I wanted to like open a dance studio and teach how to dance, but, you know, it's all these amazing humans I've met along the way, you know, including yourself and, you know, it's just one big family. And I feel like, you know, I'm so blessed to now know so many people in a city that people say it's really hard to meet people. But, you know, I've had the opposite experience just because of what I do. And I feel so blessed.
1: (laughs) Yes, I completely agree. Because, yeah, I just moved here, didn't know anyone. And all my friends are from dance. So, yeah like, yeah. thank you for all my friends and even on the podcast I think there's only maybe two episodes that's not someone from the ballet lounge
0: oh my so, god I love it yeah
1: I think I need to just rename the podcast like ballet lounge after dark or something it's oh I my god <laughs> I love that yeah it's just everyone I meet and again like I think you're lucky because you have such a wonderful community and it's cool because obviously we don't get to choose who our family are but we get Mm -mm. to choose like our friends and yeah we've just been lucky enough to have amazing and beautiful people come to the ballet lounge and it's like
0: yeah definitely chosen family right there
1: (laughs) exactly and I know we already are kind of talking about it but I'll let you explain like what makes the ballet lounge different from all the other studios Honestly, I think in the world, I've never been to a studio like this before. Yeah, there
0: definitely is nothing like us anywhere. You know, um, we, besides, you know, just offering adult ballet in a very recreational setting where anyone can come in and not feel intimidated is huge. Um, the community, as we touched on before, I think is also very important. A lot of studios are either kind of clicky or, you know, very intimidating. I know that from my own experience, going to a lot of fitness and dance studios through the years, you know, when you come in and you actually, you know, meet someone right away and you're introduced to them and you're welcomed with open arms is like another place. There's a few studios, you know, that offer adult ballet around the world, but I've definitely made my own syllabus geared for the adult dancer that includes all the supplementary training for fitness and other styles of dance which you know some places they just offer fitness some places just offer bar some places just offer dance maybe it's just for kids <laughs> or you know some other dance studios are very very high level um and it's just it's too high level and too competitive for a, a recreational adult student to come in and learn the beauty of it
1: <laughs> yeah I mean. To sum it up, to me, I think the ballet lounge is a safe space and it really Mm -hmm. is a place to grow because exactly like you said, I love that the fitness classes are inspired by dance. So it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm doing booty bar, but I'm still working for my point shoes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) And then, yeah, I just wanted to talk about like um, misconceptions. Like, do you think that there's any misconceptions about ballerinas or ballet dancers
0: um, I guess it depends on kind of what area of the misconception. Like, I think definitely as a say you are interested in learning how to dance, I think a lot of people think you have to look a certain way. You have to be fit to even try a class. I've heard this a lot from people be like, "Oh, you know, I'm gonna go to the gym first and then I'll take a ballet class." I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> just, just come into the studio. You will move your body and you'll be amazed how much of a great workout it is. You know. Um, Other misconceptions, which I think are true, (laughs) is just from my own personal experience. Um, And these could just be, you know, the environments of the studios and that they have created for the dancers. Like where I went dancing um, growing up, very, 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 very competitive, very, very like unfriendly, very judgy, very clicky. And as i say this just from my own personal experience and that's why i try so hard to make our studio the complete opposite i want people to walk in and feel instantly welcome and a part of our community and even make a friend right off the bat um so that they you know when they come into the studio they leave feeling better than they did when they walked into the doors Mm -hmm. instead of feeling defeated or like they aren't good enough you know Mm -hmm. so that's always Mm -hmm. my goal to make everyone feel great
1: mission accomplished i swear for me personally i do walk out feeling a million times better no matter how i walk in so yeah again thank you and i think that's even an attest to sometimes things may be on my mind and i don't necessarily tell people there but maybe they can sense it and they'll just uplift me and then there are days where you know i do kind of open up and again everybody is there to Encourage me so yeah you attract really good people (laughs) to you (laughs) like Like attracts like (laughs) yeah exactly and then I also wanted to ask about misconceptions of women in business have you had like any opinions about that
0: um yeah I think for me it's just as I say I've always kind of started off as like a people pleaser and try to always you know be as polite and kind as i can and i think what i've noticed is as you get older you get a little bit more assertive i guess is the word i'm looking for instead of so, you know not like bitchy or anything like that you know how women get that misconception they have to be kind of like a hard ass yeah and i really can see how that can happen like i find i'm getting more direct when i find that i'm not being respected or listened to especially in like a male dominant situation And I hate that that's something that happens to us because they don't take us seriously in a way. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it's okay because I think more women are taking on leadership roles. So we're going to change that narrative. For all of the people out there who maybe want to try dancing and are too afraid, what would you tell them?
0: tell them to not be scared especially if you're coming to us we will take such good care of you we break down all the moves and we're there to hold your hand literally (laughs) as you go through your dance journey and just to never be scared to try something new because you might never know you know what will come from it as i say i've had students who've come in with two left feet And they've been dancing with us for several years now. And now they've been dance on point. They do performances. And it's really just a wonderful way to build your confidence in many areas of your life.
1: Yay. And again, we do virtual classes as well. So anyone anywhere in the world can anyone Anywhere. (laughs) And then because you were even talking about um, dealing with sexism, like trying to start a business. Throughout this journey, have you met any other female bosses that were able to, like, were they nice to you or were they
0: kind of mean? Um, I think it really depends, like, on the situation. Like, for example, I find that I connect well with other owners of other businesses, but sometimes they might see me as a threat if we're in the same industry, which I find really like sad because I want to just be there to support other you know fitness or dance studios but I do I have encountered the past where you do know, I'm too much of a competition where they almost exclude me which I try to be the opposite when I know someone's opening like say a fitness or a dance studio I want to just be there to support them because we should be our community is so small and our industry is so small but if it's a non-competitive situation we're not in the same industry I really find that other female bosses are very very encouraging Mm -hmm. and very welcoming
1: yeah that's good and I've heard that before that sometimes like if you're too similar or like you said competing then they're kind of mean and it just breaks my heart because as women it's like okay look at history look at where we are now the world is kind of not really on our side at the moment. Mm-hmm. So we need exactly. to work together, but you know, we'll just focus on the ones who want to work with us and keep going. Exactly.
0: But, exactly. And yes, some people, you know, it's just their own, their own trauma or their own triggers that they're dealing with.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. That's a great way to look at it. Cause I mean, that being said, do you ever find yourself comparing yourself to other people sometimes?
0: Oh, yeah. All the time. Mm -hmm. I really try not to. I really try not to, but it's hard not to, you know, see, you know, what other people are doing. And, you know, obviously, we all know that social media portrays only like the the success and the good things that are going on in your life. Not everyone shows or shares, shares all the challenges and troubles they're going through. I try to be pretty transparent about what I'm going through, but it's hard not to compare to someone who maybe is you know, has their business in another level that you want to be at. Maybe they got to open that second location or something like that. (laughs) And you're Mm -hmm. like, I'm not there yet. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: But I mean, I was always told it's all in God's timing. I'm not sure how religious you are, but I mean, do you believe everything happens for a
0: reason or are you just like,
1: it's my, I I do think, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You know, I am impatient, but I'm not necessarily, um, religious I am spiritual and I do believe like the universe has a plan because when I look back at even my own journey and I know I've shared this with you before I first you know went to university for dance and then you know once I decided to quit the dance industry and I went to fitness I really really you know was pursuing that but then I also pursued a little bit of small business throughout my journey and it kind of didn't seem to make sense in my 20s <laughs> while i was studying all these different courses and programs and it wasn't until you know later like you know a decade later where it all came together where i'm applying dance fitness and business so i do think you know you know the universe or if you want to say god has a plan <laughs> it might not make sense at the time um but i do believe things do happen for a reason <laughs> oh, good. so god. i have to just trust the process Susie. trust the process
1: <laughs> <laughs> no honestly you're speaking to me too because sometimes i'm like wow i went to school and got a degree and i'm not using it but you know i still have a lot of life left to live so we'll see what
0: happens yeah, and you know, maybe that degree you took, maybe it you took it to realize that's something you don't wanna do. Yeah. Right. So it still leads you on your path to where you're gonna go. <laughs> yeah. I know I
1: have to say after doing the podcast and talking to all these incredible women, I am like just so inspired to live life more and I'm like, Ooh, what's what's gonna happen next year and who will I be? So yeah. Yeah, oh exactly. God. I love that. That's so Yay. cool. And do you feel that
0: as a business
1: owner or are you just kind of like, we got to take it one day at a time?
0: Um, I'm getting a little bit past one day at a time now. During the pandemic, it was definitely take it one day at a time because you didn't know what was going <laughs> to happen the next day. But I'm slowly getting back to where I used to be. I used to be like a five-year, 10-year planner and so i feel like now that you know we're coming out to the other side i'm slowly able to focus a bit more maybe not the full 10 years just yet but i'm definitely you know, trying to see where do i want to be in a year where do i want to be in a couple of years and try to slowly you know get back to the bigger bigger goals and the bigger dreams of you know eventually world domination
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes i love it and i do think Bally lounge should take over the world because I believe we'd be in a better world if you if did take yes. over. But with that love said, let's manifest. We're Just speak everything you want into existence. Where do you want to be this time next year and five years?
0: I love it. This time next year, I definitely want to be um in a very, very healthy profit margin for the business. As you know, we're definitely still rebuilding from the pandemic and it's been a slow burn, but we're we're really, I think we're really spending the time right now to refine the skills of the team and hiring the right people that will get us there and taking those right steps. So I'm really, really manifesting that this time next year, we're going to be breathing easier. We're going to be having more classes on the schedule like we used to before the pandemic. Um, We're going to be thriving in a really healthy way and That way we can continue to rebuild so that in five years or less, we can start opening up another location. And, you know, I want to open one definitely in BC, somewhere in the Vancouver area, once we're like at such full capacity at our downtown location. And then, you know, if I go back to my old school, old school, old school goals, it would be, you know, opening up a few more locations within the 10 years. And then, you know, eventually heading down to California and opening up in L.A.
1: I mean, (laughs) I believe it's going to happen. I feel it in my bones. And then I want it to happen because I think, you know, I'm not with this Vancouver weather. (laughs) Right. You can come down to the States, right?
0: You're. You're from exactly. the state, so it'd be easy for you to transfer.
1: <laughs> exactly. And Southern California is exactly where I would love to be. It's warm all the time. So please right? Always sunny. <laughs> yes, open that location. But when it comes to opening the next locations, are you gonna do anything differently, you know, from what you learned from the first time?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm not going to let any contractor walk all over me and take advantage of me. That's for damn sure. Lots and lots of ideas, but those will be surprises. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I can't wait. And even going forward, do you want to try to work with more women? Like, I'm not sure. I hope there's female contractors. Would you want to work with them more?
0: Hey, if if there was the right person, definitely. I'm not going to say no to men in the future, but definitely, yeah, if there's a female contractor, that'd be awesome.
1: Good. (laughs) And then I also wanted to ask you to just give advice to any woman or anyone really who wants to start a business. Like where should they start? Just any wisdom you'd like to
0: share. Yes, definitely. If you're not sure... You need to really look in and figure out what is it that you're really passionate about. Um, I know I've told you this. um, This is an exercise we did when I was in school and it was writing down on a piece of paper, your ideal day, and it's not a holiday. It's a day where you're getting up and you're going to work, but what is it? And this is what I wrote down like 15 years ago. I swear to God, I wrote this down. I live in Yale town in Vancouver. And at this time I was living in Calgary, Alberta. I wrote down that I am walking my Yorkshire terrier puppy, which I now own like to work, which is what I do. (laughs) I walk to work every day with my dog to my studio. That looks like a nightclub. (laughs) And you know, and I teach a few classes and then, you know, then I go to the beach. Obviously, I don't go to the beach as much as I want to. So that's something I need to like really bring back into the work life balance thing. But yeah, I joke you not. That's what I wrote. And when I tell people that story, they're they're almost shocked and inspired. So I recommend everyone to do that and see what that paper says.
1: <laughs> I love it. And again, I actually I kinda want you to write down my dream day because I feel like you have great manifestation powers like you might be connected to someone in the universe so I'm get you to write mine down
0: oh my god you're so sweet someone told me I need to write a new one now it's like well now you're doing that so what are you going to do next I'm like yeah good idea so oh, I need yeah. to write that down I got to figure that out
1: <laughs> I know that's actually a good point because yeah it's like once you kind of get to where you want it to be it's like well we got to keep going you don't want to stay
0: stagnant right Yes, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And do like you know, write down, make those vision boards too. I've done a lot of those over the years, mm-hmm. and I think that holds a lot of power too because you can really just think about all areas of your life, not just you know your ideal job or your ideal business. It could be you know all all sorts of things anywhere mm-hmm. where you want to be.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's a party at the ballet lounge vision board. Don't worry, yes magazines and all the things that would be so much
0: fun that's a really good idea we should do that for team building
1: (laughs) oh please I can't wait Uh, (laughs) yeah I mean I've asked all the questions that I wanted to I love leaving the floor open to my guests just if you wanted to share anything that I forgot to ask or just impart more wisdom
0: Hmm, let's see here. I feel like we definitely covered a lot today. I'm trying to think if there's any other words of wisdom I can share for sure. Um, I think to sum it up, definitely surround yourself with a wonderful support system. If it is just your friends and family to begin with, I feel like the support I've had throughout my journey has come a lot from them. And they've always been, you know, my cheerleaders along through the good and the bad and the ugly. And now, obviously, it's grown into our staff and our clients, which is really, really beautiful. Um, don't give up when it's just one hard day. Because once you persevere, it's just, like, that much, that much more better because you survived through something really, really awful. And, yeah, just do what you love. Because it is true. If you love what you do, it... It doesn't really feel like work, you know, besides, you know, all the emails and spreadsheets. I still enjoy doing it because it is towards what I love.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, that was great. And yeah, definitely. (laughs) I'm going to take that. So if you see me hanging around you, I'm not being clingy, just trying to (laughs) be surrounded by supportive people who I want to be like. That's the only reason. (laughs) They always say
0: surround yourself by people that inspire you.
1: Exactly. And that's why I'm always at the ballet lounge all day Aww. every day.
0: You're but so sweet. Of
1: course. No. And again, it takes one to know one. Like, thank you again. Oh, I hear Gizmo in the back.
0: Oh, yeah. He's probably barking at the door or something. Was
1: gonna say, he was quite quiet this whole time. bye Gizmo. Yeah. But again. Gizzy boo-boo. <laughs> yeah, thank you so so much for taking the time to talk to me. And yeah, I'll see you My later. My pleasure.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll see you later for sure tonight. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, until awesome. then. Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, I hope thank you, you so time. much. It was a pleasure. <laughs> see you soon, sweetheart. <laughs> Bye for now. Bye. Boss.
1: From ballet dancer to rebel bunhead to boss ballerina in charge. Gloss Boss Susie is an incredible example of what happens when you stay positive and persevere. Of course, it can get hard sometimes to try to speak up and demand respect as a boss. But just like dance, practice makes perfect. So don't give up. Like Susie said, when you want to give up, that's the time when change and growth starts to happen. And remember, if she can do it, you can too. So while being a perfect ballerina is nearly impossible, finding the perfect environment to dance in is easily obtainable. Just join us at Ballet Lounge. If you want more information on how to start dancing, go to BalletLounge.com and follow us on Instagram at Ballet Lounge. I'm Shakaya Monet, and thanks for listening to Behind the Gloss. Before you head out on that dance floor, Put your glass
0: on, get your bath on, cause you're a glass